0: Looking at a recap of last Sunday, I loved to hear Micah talk about fasting is feasting. Fasting is a spiritual feast. If you didn't hear last Sunday's message, then be sure to go online and listen to it. We want everybody on the same page when it comes to this fast. And Connie and I—we're signed up on every single day. We're going. This is our church. Mike and Melissa are our pastors, and they have called a church-wide fast. He's heard from the Holy Spirit, and so I didn't get in my prayer closet and say, "God, am I supposed to be a part of the fast?" I'm a part of the church. They're our pastors, and so I'm fasting. Amen. But uh, just a recap of last Sunday: fasting brings you closer to God. Anybody want to get closer to God? Amen. Fasting brings direction from God. Fasting gives you strength from God. Last week Micah outlined four different fasts that we can choose from... Or you can choose a combination of these. Uh, the complete fast. The complete fast is no solid food, only water and juice. The Daniel fast is no meats or sweets, only fruits and vegetables. The partial fast is no food in the morning or afternoon. And the soul fast is denying yourself something other than food that you believe Uh, will bring you closer to God and will deal with your flesh nature. It could be social media, it could be television, it could be uh, any number of things like that. Now this is a good list, but perhaps a couple of types of fasts were left out. Uh, My friend Rod Allison, also known as the Rod of God, has some other suggestions. Uh, Let's watch this.
1: I'm here to help somebody. It's Rod of God comedy. And I'm helping you today because... Pastors and churches across the country doing 7, 14, 21 day fast, Daniel fast, no Eliba fast, all this stuff. And I come to give you some different options to help you fast and serve the Lord at the same time and keep holy. Number one is the Noah fast. This is a favorite down south. Noah took two of every moving thing on that boat. That was chickens, pigs, cows, extra steak, whatever. He took two of each. So on the Noah fast, you can eat anything that made it to the boat. Uh, so what this also means, you got to eat two of everything. Double portion, also that's biblical. Noah fast, think about that one. Fire and furnace fast, this is named after my three favorite Bible characters, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Big Negro. Listen, this one here will bless you because you are allowed to eat any meat that is cooked and purged by fire. Uh, that goes for your fat back. Uh, real meat is also good for this anything that can go in the oven and be fired up that also includes brick oven pizza for my Italian friends that'll help you there number three is powerful it's the Adam and Eve fast or as I like to say anything but serpent meat fast you can eat anything that was in the Garden of Eden except the serpent and you cannot eat any fruits or vegetables because we don't know what the unidentified forbidden fruit was, so we don't want to take no chances. So eat all the meat you won't believe in fruit and vegetables alone. It'll, it'll do something to your system. But last but not least, my fast. This is for those who are called to a higher level of anointment. This is the Rod of God Comedy Fast. This fast requires you to lay before the Lord, prostrate. That's in Leviticus 10, 27. And all it says is you cannot eat anything from 12 midnight to six o'clock in the morning, or from your bedtime to when you wake up. Now, what does that do? It helps you sustain yourself. Most people lose weight doing fast. Every year on the God Comedy Fast, I gain at least ten pounds. I hope I help somebody today. Fast for the Lord. Fast for the kingdom. And whatever you do, eat fast.
0: Well, um, now. Rod is a friend of mine, and uh, but uh, I'll just publicly say I would not take his advice on fasting. I just wanted to give you some options there. But uh, anyway, uh, talking, about, uh, talking about fasting today, continuing the series. Now, one of the things that I appreciate about this church is how we honor our active and retired military. We take several opportunities throughout the year to say thank you to our military. And today, I want to especially remember... Uh, those veterans from the Vietnam conflict Uh, I know Pastor Allen was here earlier he served uh, in the Vietnam conflict do we have any other people here who served in the Vietnam conflict anyone who served in Vietnam Uh, well my uh, I I always like to honor especially those who served in Vietnam because there was a lot of political upheaval a lot of political turmoil and uh, most people who came back from Vietnam did not return with the honor that they they returned with their honor but they were not celebrated as they should have been so uh, so we want to celebrate them after World War II the Japanese who had attempted to occupy Vietnam left Vietnam in the hands of the French government But Ho Chi Minh wanted to set up a communist government. There was conflict between the two sides, the democratic side and the communist side. And in 1954, an agreement was reached at the Geneva Convention that divided North and South Vietnam at the 17th parallel. North Vietnam being communist and South Vietnam pursuing a democratic form of government. Soon, however, North Vietnam, backed by China and Russia, began attacks on South Vietnam to bring it under communist rule. That brought in South Korea, Australia, and the United States to help defend it. And so for 20 years, under five presidents, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Nixon, Johnson, and Ford, the conflict raged. Until November 1, 1975, when the last American troops were brought home, and North and South Vietnam were united again under a communist government. Now, why am I telling you this? There's a really interesting part of history that we need to consider. A very important part of the Vietnam conflict history is that toward the end of the war, while supplies and ammunition were running low, President Gerald Ford went to Congress to get approval for more funds, more appropriations for supplies. And he was denied by Congress the funding to continue the offensive. And the main reason was because there was never actually a declaration of war. This is why people usually refer to this as the Vietnam Conflict, even though it was definitely a war. You ask anybody that was there, it was definitely a war, but people usually refer to this as the Vietnam Conflict rather than the Vietnam War because Congress never actually formally declared war against North Vietnam. $121 billion was spent And 58,200 American lives were lost over those 20 years. But there was never actually a declaration of war. Today, I want to talk with you about five things to understand to have a successful fast. Who wants to have a successful fast? Let's don't do without food and then not be successful. If I'm going to not do without food, I want to accomplish something. Five things to understand to have a successful fast. Number one, fasting is a declaration of war against your flesh. First Peter chapter two, verse eleven says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. One of the reasons we have not overcome excessive debt, excessive weight, our bad habits, addictions, our flesh nature is because although we're spending a lot of time, energy and money on budgeting plans gym memberships, psychologists and medication without any results it's because we haven't actually declared war on those manifestations of our flesh nature America spent 121 billion dollars and 58,200 lives still didn't win the war because we never declared war and it's possible to spend all your money on a gym membership or a lot of money on a gym membership. I mean, or join a gym and it's not cheap. They tell you it's cheap until you have to buy the clothes and you have to buy this and, have, and then I want the black membership. I don't want, just want the little membership and all that. And in the end, if you don't actually declare war and determine you're serious about defeating the enemy, then we're just spinning our wheels Everybody say, we're at war. war. I'm at war. war. With With my flesh nature. I want you to think just a moment with me about what would it have been like if two years ago you had declared war on your flesh nature and two years ago you had decided I'm going to stop listening to the flesh and I'm going to start listening to the spirit and be able to obey the Holy Spirit. Where would you be today? When you become a Christian... The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. The the very moment that you make a decision to follow Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in to live and he sets up residence there. And you and the Holy Spirit have decided that the Holy Spirit is going to be the boss of your life. But guess what? You have another nature on the inside of you called the flesh nature that says, "Uh Uh-uh, I've been ruling this body. He's not going to just move in here and start telling me what to do. And the Bible here in 1 Peter 2.11 says there's a war that takes place between the flesh and the spirit. And you know who decides who wins? It's not God. It's you. Whichever one of those you feed is the one that's the strongest. When you feed your flesh, your flesh gets strong. But if you starve your flesh and feed your spirit, your spirit gets strong. But if you starve your spirit, your flesh gets strong. And so fasting is an excellent way to starve your flesh and feed your spirit. I'm not getting lots of amens because your flesh nature right now is telling you, I don't know if I want to do this or not. (laughs) I don't know, this, uh, this not eating thing, I mean, that's, that's for the bird. I mean, I can, come on I, come on, I can come to church and even bring a Bible and I don't have to do without food to do this. I don't know that I want to, I don't want to do this. That's your flesh nature talking because he wants to keep you captive so that the spirit man never gets strong enough to do what God is instructing you that you know you should do. Number one, fasting is a declaration of war. Five things to understand to have a successful fast. Number two, there's a brat that lives in every one of us that wants to dictate what we do. Even though we know we should be doing something else. Fasting says no to the brat in you so you can say yes to the Holy Spirit. Any of you have a kid that's a brat? Nobody's raising your hand. You're good parents. Good for you. To, ah, 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 ah. How many okay so how many of you have a kid that's not a brat but once in a while they act like a brat? How many of you when you were a kid you were that brat? Yes. You ever tell a bratty kid, "No." No, you can't have that. They don't say, "Oh, thank you, Mommy." They scream and cry and whine and yell and and have a fit. That's what your flesh nature does. When we start talking about fasting, when we start talking about for 21 days, you're not going to have meat. Come on, let's admit it. Most of us could live off the fat of the land for three weeks. And yet our flesh nature, you're not going to do without meat for three weeks. We'll die if we don't do that. Or dessert you're not gonna have dessert for three weeks? Oh oh man. And uh, and this brat lives inside of us and this brat wants to dictate to us not only what we eat but it goes way past that when the Holy Spirit is trying to dictate what he wants us to do how he wants to live when he wants us to when he's trying to direct us to do a certain thing talk to a certain person uh, uh, the whole, there's something in our life that's quenching the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says I want you to give this up I want you to stop doing this I want you to start doing that we don't have the internal character developed to be able to obey that instead the flesh nature keeps us has us by the throat and we can't say yes to God I see y'all squirming but it's not you that's squirming listen God loves you and you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might it's not you that's squirming it's the flesh nature on the inside of you that's squirming and your spirit man is saying yes this is what I need right here Number two, there's a brat that lives in every one of us that wants to dictate what we do. Everybody say, the brat brat is going to be silenced silenced during during this this fast. Number three, fasting is not a diet. Fasting is for a spiritual purpose. You realize that without prayer fasting is simply a diet. But with prayer, there's a spiritual power available to you that you didn't have before. That spiritual power is contained in your ability to obey we seek the Lord and we pray and we God what do you want me I I need some direction I need to know which direction to go I need to know what to do I need to know this I need to know that we've got all of these things that we're trying to figure out and we're praying and asking God for direction and one of the reasons why we don't get direction from God is because he knows if we tell us we don't have the character developed to be able to obey him but when we fast It's for a spiritual purpose. Um, Fasting and prayer are listed together in the Bible 19 times. Almost every time fasting is mentioned, prayer is mentioned with it. Because fasting without prayer is simply a diet. But fasting and prayer together are powerful. Let me say this don't miss morning prayer at 7 a.m., set aside time at home to pray. But don't miss morning prayer at 7 a.m., it's going to be inconvenient. Prayer is, um, fasting is supposed to be tough and it's supposed to be inconvenient. It's going to be inconvenient to come to prayer. It's going to be inconvenient for you to, but to, you know, you call your boss, you are the, the most important, you're the hardest worker and the most valuable person on your workplace, aren't you? I'm, I'm preaching the wrong message. You have integrity, you show up early, you stay late, you stay focused, you don't gossip at work, uh, you've developed yourself to be very valuable where you work. If they let everybody else go at work, they're not letting you go because you're too valuable. You're so valuable that you can call your work and tell them, uh, I'm going to be coming in 30 minutes later than usual for 21 days because our church has a church fast and we're praying at 7 a.m. and I want to go to morning prayer they may not let somebody else do it but they'll let you do it because you're that valuable because you're that valuable because you're that valuable because you're that valuable you're going to have to have me back to preach that message or you're going to know you're going to have to preach that message right there So, um, but don't miss morning prayer and yes it's out of your way and it's an inconvenient time and it's just I got to get the kids up. one of the things that excites me about uh, morning prayer is how many kids come there's so many at 7am when we have morning prayer during a fast it's amazing the kids that come on their way to school and pray with us bring your kids teach them how to fast on their own level and how to pray And how to inconvenience themselves to serve God's purpose. Which leads us to number three. Number four, rather. Don't spend so much time trying to figure out substitutions for the food you're not eating that you miss the purpose of the fast. Man, I know people that whenever it's time for a fast, they want to come up with food that tastes almost identical to the food that they can't have. I'm kind of stepping out of the preacher realm here. I'm a preacher. I'm not a dietitian, but I'll tell you this: some of the most unhealthy food that you can eat are the meat substitutes. Do you know what's in that stuff? It's a, I, I talked to a a a vegan dietitian who said it's healthier to eat the meat than it is to eat. These vegan meat substitutes that are loaded with all kinds of junk. We work so hard to try to. I made this. I made this lasagna out of this and this and this and this and this, and then I had to drive a across town and get this, and I got this recipe, and it tastes exactly like meat lasagna. Well, and that's okay to do that during a fast. The thing is, how much time and energy and money did you put in to trying to figure out all this stuff that you can eat so that it's not a sacrifice for you? Uh, we study preaching and how to minister to congregations and what they tell us is that we have to make things positive for everybody. But fasting's hard. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to, you're supposed to deal without things. In fact, when I first outlined the different f- uh, fasts that Mike had outlined last week, I specifically, the way they tell you when you're going to communicate with a congregation, the complete fast is water and juice. Isn't it wonderful? That's not what I said. I said the complete fast is no solid food. Good communicators don't say it like that because no solid food. The Daniel fast, I could have said, it's fruits and vegetables. We all like fruits and vegetables. I said, it's no meat and no sweets. And I said it like that on Friday. It's no food in the morning or afternoon. The soul fast is no social media or no television or it's no to your, you're saying no to your flesh on purpose. And it's important that you learn to do that. If you never say no to your children, you're raising a brat. If you've never said no to your children, Mommy, can I have this? No, not today. It's important that you do Sometimes you need to say no just to say no. Just because they need to hear no once in a while. Amen. And you need, we need to say that to our flesh. And your flesh nature is going to feel like it's dying it's really interesting that I can do without certain foods Uh, if you you lead a fasted lifestyle this is going to be easier for you than someone who lives on junk food but it's interesting to me how a certain food cannot have a temptation until I'm fasting I like steak, I like ribeye and prime rib but you know it's probably been it's been months since I've had a steak ribeye or prime rib it's been months I don't remember it I don't remember the last one that I had but I guarantee you as soon as we start fasting that's all I can think about (laughs) seriously I'll be at a restaurant eating my salad enjoying it I'll look over the next table and that guy has a 12 ounce (laughs) ribeye oh I'd love to have that ribeye right which, which if I'm not fasting I could look and see it and it wouldn't even affect me something happens when you're telling the brat and you know he's saying but I want that you see when I can have it I just choose not to is different than when I've told my flesh nature you can't have that that's when he screams so It's supposed to, you're supposed to tell yourself no. So don't work so hard on trying to come up with the substitutes. Eat fruits and vegetables if you're doing a Daniel fast. But don't work so hard trying to come up with substitutes that you miss the whole thing. You have to be able to tell yourself no. I I want you to look at your hand and I want you to pretend there's a mirror in your hand and you're actually looking at yourself. And I want you to say to yourself, no. No. See, yourself hates that. (laughs) No. Remember this, if you can say no to food, you can say no to anything. I look back over my life and I think I really wish I had said yes to God when he asked me to do this. I wish I had said yes to God when he'd asked me to give that up. I wish I had said yes to God when he had told me to be involved in this. There are so many times, can anybody identify with me? There are so many times I wish I had said yes to God, but I just couldn't do it. But when you learn to say no to food, you can say no to anything. You can say yes to anything. Once you conquer that part of your flesh nation nature the rest is easy I want to tell you the gym getting to the gym that's easy saying yes to God when he instructs you to do something it's easy it's all so much easier once you have conquered the flesh nature particularly in the area of food fasting doesn't change God's mind fasting changes us Sometimes people fast because they want God to change somebody else's mind. One time a a young man came to me and he had been asking this young lady out for a date and she wouldn't go. She turned him down several times. So he told me, he said, I'm fasting so that next time I ask her for a date, she'll say yes. (laughs) That's not what it's for. It's not good at Fasting's not going to change her fasting is going to change you to realize she probably ain't the gal for you. And sometimes we fast to change God's mind. We're fasting and praying because we're trying to get God to do something. If I fast and pray, maybe God will heal me. If I fast and pray, maybe God will will move in somebody's life. Maybe God will change something. But fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes us. The reason that it looks like sometimes that God answers us when we fast is because watch this. Someone help somebody right here. Because when we fast, it puts us in a position to be able to obey God. And the reason God hasn't answered or you haven't heard God when you prayed is because he hasn't given you the answer yet because you weren't in a position to obey him when he told you. Once he answered it, you're still not going to do anything with it. But once you fast, then God, then you're in a position that God can speak to you and things can happen. So it's not God withholding answers until you starve yourself and then God says, that poor, that poor guy looks really thin. I better do something. It's not that, it's our being in a position to obey God. And then fifthly, there are issues that can't be addressed in our lives without fasting. All the self-help books in the world, all the seminars and webinars and all the, the New Year's resolutions, and there are things in us that will not change, will, issues that will not be addressed unless we fast. In Matthew chapter 17 verse 14, And when Jesus and the disciples had come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down and said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he's an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Come on, guys. How many times have I shown you how to do this and you still can't do this? So then he said, bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately... Privately, they were really embarrassed that they couldn't do this. So privately, they got with Jesus and said, what's, what's up? Why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So you needed faith. However, Jesus says, this one, this kind of problem only is dealt with by prayer and fasting. There are issues, there was an issue in this young man's life that could not be dealt with unless somebody fasted and prayed. And if nobody had fasted and prayed, there would have been no deliverance. Think about that with me. If nobody had fasted and prayed, there would have been no deliverance. And on behalf of this young child, Jesus has already won the battle before it starts. When they brought the young boy to Jesus, and Jesus realized that this issue needs fasting and prayer, he didn't say, okay, listen, we're going to fast disciples... Uh, anybody wants to join us, we're going to fast and pray for seven days. And then, sir, you bring your boy back to us in seven days. We'll have fasted and prayed, and hopefully we will, can deal with the problem then. Jesus was already fasted and prayed up. He was already ready to deal with that issue. Because he had fasted and he had prayed. What issues in your life are waiting for you to say no To the brat in you. So you can say yes. To the Holy Spirit. And what he wants to do in your life. So today. I want to challenge you. Choose your fast. We got four different ones. Don't don't pick one of the ones that. The rod of God presented to us. But I want you to choose your fast. And prepare to start next Sunday. And join with us. In this fast. Prepare spiritually. The prayer request cards. I love this. I, I, I don't know if I fast, but I don't know what to pray for. It's all written out right here. Including, include your particular prayer request, but also your prayer request here on the prayer request card. The scheduled prayer, prayer services that we're going to have here 7 a.m. every weekday and 9 a.m. on Saturday. Change your schedule and get here. Do it. Is it going to be inconvenient? It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be earlier than you're used to going. It's supposed to be out of your way. It's supposed to be inconvenient. Celebrate it. Prepare physically. Be sure you initial the fasting wall. Connie and I, we've already filled ours out 21 days. We're doing this with you. And uh, if we can do this, you can do it and tapering off, prepare physically by tapering off I've already started, for example I usually have, I always have a cup of coffee first thing in the morning I have already changed that to half calf and I have been having half calf for a while now this coming week I'll change it to like a third to a quarter caffeine so that by the time I get to the fast uh, I'm not going to have a splitting headache that's going to throw me down on the floor and stomp on me what changes do you need to make? What about your grocery list? You need to prepare logistically. Grocery list. Listen, get the junk food out of your house. That's right, if it's there, you're going to eat it. Get it out. If you want to eat healthy, get the junk food out of your house. Some of you need to skip going out to eat this afternoon. And you need to go home and eat all the junk food out of your house. <laughs> So, and go to the store and prepare for this fast. What are you going to eat during the fast? And prepare your home for that. For, for the days that you're going to do that. If you're doing the, um, uh, the soul fast. Then uninstall the apps on your phone. Uninstall Facebook. Uninstall Netflix. from your tel- Take a break from it from 20, for 21 days. Whatever you need to do. Your lunch and dinner appointments. Uh, you need to look at those it's a, listen if we can do this we're going to be traveling next Sunday I'm ministering somewhere the next Sunday I'm ministering somewhere else and nobody eats like preachers do so we've, we've already got to deal with that when we go, we go out to eat with pastors uh, we're, we're going to be fasting we're not going to be eating that we're not going to be eating this we'll just take uh, the only vegetable you have here is green beans I want a whole plate of green beans and a salad Listen, because we're in this but you got to plan this you got to plan your mindset to do-